Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. All right, well, welcome to today's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have special guest Lisa Coons, who is the director of 24-7 Prayer USA. So I'm so excited to get to chat with her today and hear what God's doing through that movement. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We exist to equip presence-centered communities to worship and pray night and day. And so we're aimed at worshipers and intercessors, lovers of Jesus who are connected to prayer communities, worship and prayer furnaces, praying churches. So if you're a part of a community like that, uh, I just encourage you to share this podcast, share this episode if it encourages you encourages you. It will encourage your community as well. So any way that you can like or comment or review or share the episodes uh, is helpful and it just gets the word out to more people. And ultimately it strengthens the prayer movement, which is what we want. So make sure you subscribe and stay connected with us. And you can also check out our website at presencepioneers.org. We have all the, the previous episodes up there that you can check out at any time. So Lisa, welcome to the podcast today. Good to be here. Awesome. So you are the director of 24-7 Prayer in the United States. You're in Charlotte, which is not too far from where we are. And it's been great to be connected with you guys off and on over the last few years, more and more. Uh, A lot of people aren't going to know who you are, and some may not have even heard of the 24-7 Prayer movement. But let's start with Lisa. Give us just a, a quick snapshot how on earth did you get to where now you are helping people launch prayer rooms and <laughs> connect people in prayer all over America? That's a, that's a unique role. How, how, give us a little snapshot of your journey real quick. Well, I got hoodwinked into this role. Bamboozled. <laughs> it was a put-up job and a good one. <laughs> <laughs> God, when he wishes to make a point, He certainly knows how to do that in a way uh, that is unmistakable and undeniable, and you can't even pretend like he's not talking and directing. And that's how I got um, pulled into the the prayer movement from the 24-7 prayer side of it. I had a Paul on the road of Damascus type of encounter that as opposed to leaving me blind, really opened my eyes to uh, the strength of God's heart um, regarding prayer and regarding wanting encounters with his people. Um, So I fell into it as a result of an an open vision uh, that communicated that God really wanted to create spaces um, to host encounter with his people that God himself wanted to equip his people on how to pray and from where to pray and who with to pray. And so I got commissioned to open up a prayer space here in the heart of Charlotte. And one of my friends handed me a book because she said that the things that I received in the vision sounded suspiciously like um, some content she'd read in a book called Red Moon Rising that tracks the birth of the 24-7 prayer movement over in England and how it spread around the world. Um, really, it's an amazing book, great book. I know. Everybody who wants to know about how this movement got started or really just wants to pour, pour some fresh 
fuel on their hearts for prayer, that's a great resource to read. And, and as I was reading through it through the first time, I realized that God had bamboozled some other yahoos on the other side of the pond into the same nonsense. So at least <laughs> I didn't feel alone. <laughs> yeah, that's, so we, that's awesome. We, uh, we started this journey with our first prayer room and, and unpacked, uh, unpacked initiatives around mission and justice because prayer tends to birth action and activity and uh, it compels people to go out and become the answer to some of their prayers out in the world. And since we know God gives special attention to the poor and the marginalized, the vulnerable and the needy, um, it, it really was just a natural progression, this prayer mission and justice journey that we've been on. Um, I opened the prayer room and we've been going nonstop for 15 years now. That's incredible. Incredible. It's the 24-7 Charlotte 15 years ago. Congratulations on that. That's amazing. So 24-7 prayer, I pulled this right off the website, an international interdenominational movement of prayer, mission, and justice. We help people encounter God and engage with the needs of the world through prayer, through wildly interactive prayer spaces, spaces and initiatives, through missional communities, and in Christ-centered social action to champion the cause of the marginalized and the poor. That's amazing. I, I, I'm familiar with 24-7 prayer. I feel like the movement uh, has a unique space in the broader prayer movement, the body of Christ as God has over the last 20 years or so really just invited the church to pray like never before, I really believe. So tell us, give us a little bit more. I know you said Red Moon Rising book, which I, was, was a part of my journey too. It's an amazing book. We'll link to it in the show description, but give us you know, we'll go check out the book, but give us a little a little story on twenty four seven prayer. Now that you're familiar with it, uh, kind of give us some backstory uh, so that people can understand the movement a little bit more. Twenty four seven was born out of the hearts of some uh, millennials in a small town in England who who were um, a part of the church, um, who were attempting to do good out in their city, but realized that their own personal life lacked prayer and their missional efforts lacked prayer. And, uh, and so they decided to pull aside and dedicate some time to prayer. And that's when it occurred to them just how bad they were at it and how hard it was um, to sort of stay connected to some of the more traditional models of gathering in a basement in a circle and so right. around the circle. <laughs> <laughs> and so they caught wind of, of a group in history referred to as the Moravians who had yes. launched a hundred year prayer meeting where they prayed nonstop in hour long slots. And, and they figured if the Moravians could pray for a hundred years, then, you know, this, this group of uh, young millennials could at least pray for a month. And so they, they uh, cleared out for what was for all intensive purposes, a closet in a space, a large closet, and filled it with the language of the tribe, filled it with music and art and, and journals and just some interactive liturgy and, and signed up for the first week, um, which was covered in slots. And, and right at the start of that first week, God showed up in that tiny little space in phenomenally big ways. And, and after the second week and the third week, it was almost hard to get a slot. And the, the two 
two, three, four, five a.m. slots were turned out to be the most powerful. Powerful in that way that you invite your your friends who didn't believe in God into that space, and they came away believing in God. And then there was this resurgence, even around the concept that talking to God could be anything but boring. And uh, it was just a phenomenal time. There were miracles and healings and salvations, and there were some epic challenges that went with it, but they, they built storylines about God on the move. And just telling the stories um, in conferences caused it to go viral as people who were at the conferences from places around the globe said, we'll pick up, you know, the following month and the following month and the following weeks. And so it, it, God sneezed in that prayer meeting <laughs> in England, and it went around the world six months later. And we've, the movement has been praying nonstop collectively since 1999, since, since that time. It really is a stunning, shocking thing. And the, the, one of the key parts, the key pieces of beauty was that when people fell out of that original prayer room, uh, people, whether they were followers of Christ, whether they were, were saints that have been born again forever, and people that were just coming in, that they all felt that the, uh, a new sense of fire around mobilizing for mission and justice in their cities, in their corners of the world, and that place in England. So God was clearly up to something. He birthed the 24-7 prayer movement, the International House of Prayer, and another prayer movement in Asia right around that same time. So clearly he was in the mood for prayer that, that week. God was in the yes. mood. I know that's that's incredible the way uh, all of that emerged right at the beginning of the the new century there. So I love this. I love that story. Uh, it, it's amazing what God is doing. So you know, you mentioned International House of Prayer in Kansas City. We probably have some people that watch this that are in prayer rooms that look like that. You know, that have been inspired by Kansas City and have have started houses of prayer that look like that. There's some differences between 24-7 and your approach to prayer rooms versus uh, maybe someone that's being inspired by Kansas City and kind of modeling it after that. So what are, what are some of those differences? What are some of the unique things that uh, in the way that 24-7 does their prayer rooms? Well, at the heart of really any prayer movement that God births around the world and certainly in America, at the heart of it, is this unifying theme that you refer to as presence-centered. It's this concept that even before you get to talking about prayer and what we're praying for, there's this precursor about prayer in the presence, a prayer in the space of encounter. And and it's just common for all of the prayer movements, and that we share. Yes, Um, yes. that, that we're encouraging people to come into the presence of God and contend and lift up for and pray for the things that are on his heart. And so there's, there's, there's more that we share than is different. But when God birthed the two movements, 24-7 prayer and International House of Prayer, he gave one a primary focus on corporate prayer. And when that, when that movement in its early stages found its, its musical peace, it had found the perfect partnership for the expression of nonstop prayer. Um, God gave our movement a unique focus on 
hosting the encounter one-on-one between God and the objects of his passion. And he poured into our movement a ton of creativity. He just, you know, poured the whole, the whole container of it until it was empty. And so our prayer rooms are full of color and paints and interactive modern and ancient liturgy. You usually can write on the walls and on the floors. There's, 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 uh, there's music um, crossing all traditions and all styles that, that you can play on, on recorded devices. There's just, it's a visual feast for the eyes as it draws you in to come and connect with God. In International House of Prayer prayer rooms, the space is, it's holding a space that the walls are usually beige, it's usually darker, the, the seats and the chairs are focused toward the front where there is a group of musicians and psalmists that are leading the way to unify what's going to happen in the context of prayer. Both are profoundly needed to impact the environment around the nation, both of these types of prayer movements are needed. And I really value the distinctiveness and the uniqueness of both. Yeah, I love both. That was beautiful description, by the way. One of the greatest I've heard probably <laughs> in, in describing some of the uh, the unique distinctives of these, these prayer movements. So look, you're talking about individual prayer slots that people are taking in their prayer. They're interacting one-on-one with God. There's all these different elements. I guarantee you there's someone that's going to listen to this, that they're struggling with prayer. They're getting distracted. They're bored. Give some ideas for somebody that is trying to enjoy prayer more, you know, have a more diverse, creative prayer time. Give a couple practical suggestions for people. How can they engage with God maybe in some creative ways? Hey, guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers Premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Well, the first practical that I give anyone and everyone is um, is before you even start praying, before you pull out your list or, or, or any such thing, to first 
turn your heart toward God and draw near him. You'd be surprised how many people skip that part. <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. And it ends up being kind of a shout across the distance. You feel like you're, you're sort of alone doing your thing. But oh yeah. Um, but turn your heart toward God and just draw near um, would be the first precursor to what uh, what should become a, a decent prayer time. The second bit is um, my, my friend Pete says it like this. He says. Uh, keep it simple. <laughs> Don't try to draw in these fantastical words that you heard your prayer buddies from IHOP say on the stage <laughs> where they communicate prayers and it sounds like poetry. Keep it simple that God values who you are, your uniqueness, your authenticity. And keep in mind this, that when you turn your heart toward God and draw near to pray, you are giving God a revival that you're giving him an encounter with your presence. We describe revival as, as God giving us a unique encounters with his presence. That's what you're yes. doing for him. You are giving him an encounter with your presence. So whether you may not be feeling emotional or, or epiphany, but just be mindful that you are giving God a revival when yeah. you turn your heart to wow. heart, draw near and about to pray. And prayer is is defined as the communication and the communion um, with God, that it's more than the stuff you ask for or the list that you pray through, that it is, it is, it invo involves all the communication, which is why you can pray without having opened your mouth and said anything. It's communion as much as it is the communication part of it. But God actually values that stuff that you think is knucklehead around what irritated you and what blessed you that day. What were your highs and lows? He actually values that type of conversation. And the, the, another piece is that prayer is not, not normally um, meant to be a monologue. Keep in mind that God's actually eager to talk to us and that he likes to develop his own language between us. So people who are having a hard time at prayer, first thing I tell them once they've done the precursor is practice going outside and praying. Remove yourself from the tears of the familiar of your office or your room where the laundry is calling you and the kids are calling you and, and you're distracted by your own to-do list. Get outside. Just just yeah. hit the street, even if you're just walking, you know, on the block around your around your house. Get outside and get on the move. Pray with your feet and tell tell God all that stuff that's on your head that that's all you're already thinking about. And that when you're trying to pray for the stuff you think you're supposed to be praying for, all that stuff that's coming up, why don't you pray for that stuff? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the will of God. He's actually drawing you to cover the stuff that you're, that, that's really what you're thinking about. That it's right. oddly that the distractions can be the very things you're meant to talk to God about. Get his input on. Let him weigh in on. Pray for his blessing and his counsel in. So get out. Keep it simple. And don't forget the precursor. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. No, that's, that's gold. That's so helpful. Thank you for that. I my, part of my personal journey into prayer is that first point, discovering worship, discover, and by discovering worship, I mean actually discovering intimacy with God and, and, and experiencing his presence rather than that bringing the list to him. Here's, my, here's what I want, God. You're up there somewhere. Give it, you know, can I have these things? And instead actually drawing near and having that dialogue with him and discovering his heart and then saying yes to what he wants to do 
and enjoying him and all of, and and that makes prayer enjoyable but it also makes it really effective because <laughs> you're agreeing with what he wants to do rather than sort of bringing your just what you want to do to the table I'm but a I, and I've also fan of lists. I'm a huge fan of lists and lists and Oh yeah, lists are great. in the prayer room, but you pull out yeah. that list after having draw, drew, turned your heart and drawn yes. near to God is a very different Amen. experience than you pulling out the list and accomplishing, you know, this time of prayer as it were that God if if he's not anything, he's profoundly relational. Yes, that's true. Yeah, no, that's great. No, I have list. I have list too. So I'm not. I'm not against. I'm not against the list. But uh, we, we exactly. encourage people to doodle in prayer. Uh, yeah. To to draw out their prayers artistically as a way to help stay engaged. To put music on that stirs your soul um, as you're heading into a time of prayer, and it can even be secular music. I mean, it, it what stirs your soul and helps keep your attention in that place is also helpful. We, uh, we encourage you to get out. We encourage you to keep it simple. We encourage you to bring crayons and markers and yeah. colors into your time of prayer. We encourage you to experience just new forms of liturgy. Bring some bread and some great Kool-Aid with you and explore yeah. what it looks like to pray, taking communion. It just the, That prayer should be, uh, it should be fun. It should be relational. Yes. It's not always going to be epiphany. There are going to be times where prayer is producing more than immediate uh, immediate gratification on your soul. And I want to unpack that for a minute. There's this idea that my friend James says. He, he talks about how when you're, when you're creating a movie, um, a lot of these, particularly these movies that happen out in space, that they put actors in a room that's a green screen. And the director's telling the actor, okay, now move this way because uh, a monster or a spaceship is coming at you or your foe is coming at you. And the, the actor is not seeing any of this, not feeling any of this. They're just in a green room, blank, and they're hooked up to all these things. And, and that's what prayer can be like in the times where we may not be feeling that it's accomplishing anything, that we have to be mindful that on the final layover of heaven, that we are vanquishing foes. We are creating space yeah. for the movements and the mandates of God to, to quicken and to find their place in the earth, that, that we are not just fighting, fighting battles, but that we're bringing thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, while we're not feeling anything in the green room with the green behind us. The prayer is powerful even when we don't feel anything. But I do yes. believe that God wants to give us encounters that impress us on our soul and on our hearts and even on our emotions. Yes. That's so good. So helpful. Thank you, Lisa. I, I know so many people are going to gonna be encouraged by that and uh, dive into some creative, enjoyable prayer. So thank you. Hey, look, uh, before we end up in this episode, will you just say a quick prayer for anybody that uh, listens or watches this, that they would just um, you know, that God would just really breathe on their prayer times. Hmm. Father, I ask that you would uh, extend a, a blessing and, and an attaboy and an girl for all those who have had struggled developing a prayer life, but still keep showing up. 
that, that may be experiencing condemnation because they have an idea of what it's supposed to look like and, and their efforts don't look like that idea. I pray that you would remind them that God, that you bless and you honor every effort that whether they walk, crawl, or run in their prayer life, that you bless and honor every single effort that they make to connect with you for themselves and for others. I pray that you would empower them to keep moving forward and that you would cause them to encounter different ways to engage in prayer so that they would find the unique types that really resonate with them so that they can dive in more fully. Finally, Father, I pray that you would help every person in the sound of my voice understand that every single prayer that they pray matters, that it matters to God and that it matters in this world. And so we encourage them to keep praying in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. Look, everyone, thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this again, please consider sharing it. As always, you can subscribe, stay connected with us at presencepioneers.org. Thanks so much. God bless.